Today is a special, significant, and solemn day. Um, just earlier this morning, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, uh, had his funeral service and the royal family, Prince Harry, Prince William, and the rest of the family attended the service. And I think he, his body is being laid to rest. And this death, which occurred probably a week ago, has sparked not only prayers and thoughts, but also a conversation about a question that has been raised for many, many decades. And that is whether we should abolish the monarchy. And in this podcast, we'll be going into that question and hopefully probably get something out of it. So I'm here with my co-host, Sebastian Rizard, and a guest, William Rosen. Oh. Lineage is actually, I think you're Polish and British. Yes. And as somehow my, as not the, Irish. No, I'm Irish. I am Irish. Dude, you literally say to me, oh, I say, I ask, are you Irish? And you're like, no. I'm no, I Irish. said, yes, I'm British and Irish. It brings a lot of conflict. That's why. There's a lot oh, of conflict because there's okay. Irish people that don't like the British and British people don't like the Irish. And I'm in uh, like the English channel, like, hey. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So I'm going to ask the big question. Should we abolish the monarchy? No. No, no we should not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I was expecting some yes, uh, yeses, but. Do we have any contrast here? Because this would be a very difficult podcast. We're just talking about keeping the monarchy. <laughs> Does anybody have any opposing views? Opposing views? Well, for me personally, uh, well, I don't want to come out, come off as some monarchist, but yes, I would say no. But really, okay, here's my reasoning. And I want to say the possible counter argument. It's outdated. It's a very uh, archaic, anachronistic system, which is basically useless because their power is not to govern. It's basically to be this like, to put on some happy face and do some charities. And for me personally, I think the argument for not abolishing it is that it's the biggest and probably one of the like only symbols of the UK that it's like something that embodies what the UK is and without it um, I don't well, well without it it takes away this huge chunk of what the British identity and uh, identity is. Um, that's basically the gist of my argument. And uh, I just want to, I want to ask uh, what your guys's things are like arguments for not abolishing it. Well, it's quite simple, Sam. It, you have the good point of the identity of the UK and without it, sure. Like UK kind of does lose most of its, touch i mean it has of course has little things but it does lose a big part of it but you're also at the factor in the amount of money that that monarchy brings in each year is just immense that's why they donate so much to charities because they just have so much to that they don't know what to do with because of how many people come to visit all the historic places and all the museums and without the actual monarchy being there it's just going to kind of go to the wayside and the UK's economy would suffer extremely because of it. And I would not doubt, like, without the monarchy, they probably might, I dare to say they might go into a Great Depression level of just uh, economic downturn. And, oh, yeah. well, I don't want, they're already in a quite a predicament because of Brexit now. Oh, yeah. They're already in the, uh, in the yeah. hole. They might, they shouldn't dig themselves deeper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, yeah, basically, I agree with Will's point in terms of uh, the economic aspect. I checked it out. Um, the UK's GDP right before COVID hit in at the end of 2019, it was about three trillion, I believe. It was either I think it was three trillion US dollars, or that was the equivalent. You know, uh, tourism. You know, as Will said, is a very big plays a very big part in this, and 
know, the pandemic has also um, hit the UK kind of hard, you know, because of the lack of tourism and travel in between countries. So, yeah, I don't think abolishing it would be um, good in terms of interest per se. Um, I'm just thinking right now. Uh, I mean, when I think I just want to say that the reason why we have why I brought this up, why I asked Will to agree with this topic is because there's a lot of like negativity that is being displayed towards the royal family. And it's like social media is not the great place for gaining perspective. But um, uh, when I found out the news that Prince Philip died, and the comments were like, oh, it's like hearts. And like, oh, I feel sorry. Uh, I feel sorry for uh, like, like condolences and thoughts and prayers and all that. And there's just some uh, are like, oh, yes, the guy is dead or something. It's something like that. I mean, honestly, Prince Philip is a cool guy. I don't know how. Prince like, Philip was an excellent man yeah, like, throughout his I entire mean, life. He was a very good man. And that was definitely represented in his funeral today. I got to catch the beginning and end of it i had to leave for the middle but um there's a lot there was a lot of representation of what he did as a, in his lifetime and it really showed that he was a good person especially to the queen she they loved each other very much but they're in on social media as you said uh the royal family doesn't really doesn't have a good social media side as it not not the representation on there but how people look at them on there and it's very negative. A lot of people don't like the monarchy on social media platforms. And it's just because that's how it is. Like they're viewed as just a negative side there. I, I can't really say as to where it begun, but it's just how it is. I think it's kind of recent because the whole thing about uh, cancel culture and mm. progressivism, I guess, the way we look at history through the eyes of modernism and like we like today have this set of values like we like we well we obviously hate slavery we hate segregation we hate discrimination and racism because it has been so apparent that that has been kind of displayed when we look at history and since the british empire was known for colonialism and all that uh like it's very connected to the monarchy and that's really where it came from the sort of like hatred and also it's also um exacerbated by what happened to Meghan markle and and all that and that thing yeah and it's also like they all the, I guess, insults are like, oh, they're all inbred, which is kind of true. Isn't like... Technically, well, as of more recent years, no. But in the original monarchy, yes, if you date back years and years, it does kind of, it is a lineage of inbred due to the view that, the view that if you inbreed it, gives them pure royal blood. But it's not really how that works. But they, that was the view was that they're, the kings and queens had royal blood and that if you were to inbreed with another king or queen of that same family and make it even more pure and keeps the line pure um as of more recent years i don't think that that's really so much of the case but well isn't that's just because of like, more science has figured out that that's a really bad thing to do <laughs> well yeah well isn't prince philip related to queen victoria and like queen victoria? oh yeah some way but like yeah. the, the, I'm talking more, I'm talking more modern, like past Prince Philip area. Well, yeah. Like the, of course, the more recent years. Yeah, and like Prince William, uh, like I think what's her name, Catherine, Princess Catherine, Kate. Prince Kate, I think is what she goes. Kate, with. yeah, she's like, she's like a, she's not like a commoner, right? She's like, technically, like, she is. Yeah, but in terms of like like status, she, she's kind of wealthy. Oh, in in the royal 
family before no i'm just saying uh, i'm just saying like before like i think oh she had some she wasn't, she wasn't like dirt cheap like she wasn't yeah. like begging for pennies but she's not royal family status but she's, she is i like, believe she came from a slightly wealthier family yes, yeah that's what i'm that's saying correct yeah. uh but, yeah uh as of being of the royal family there's a big jump between being a wealthy family and being the royal family so oh yeah well uh, i just want to like okay i don't i don't want to like be some sort of mediator in this so i'm just gonna have to say i think that abolishing the monarchy is like the stupidest idea ever conceived well no well it's like it's a very well, stupid no, there's idea. a lot of stupider ideas <laughs> like, yeah stupid one yes <laughs> it's uh it's a pretty stupid idea. It's it's because of how they're viewed mostly on social media. They're viewed as this historic like thing that we can just throw away and that it should be yeah. gone with everything else. Um, and it's the idea of progressivism. Like you said, like we're moving on, we're moving forward to the future yes. and that we should just throw this to the wayside. But doing that, you can't throw away history. Like it, things happen, but it's just how it is. Like things have happened and the monarchy existed and they want to keep it as a staple not just because it existed, but because it still exists. Like it's still there, and we just keep it there because without it, who's to say we won't forget it? Well, uh, there are certainly some European nations that have gotten rid of the monarchy, but not really the way that's being advocated now. Advocated now, but that's really one of the things. Like. Uh, like the things arguing for ab- abolition is because like oh there's there were like this amount of monarchies at some point like in the 1800s now it's only some well it's shockingly a lot of countries like japan um was it sweden belgium netherlands uh finland like you, plenty um, of countries have yeah. had monarchies and are still around today. Most people, most most countries in uh, Europe and stuff had monarchies or emperors and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, And they've all moved to the wayside. That's because they were able to do it discreetly. But since, like, the queen is such a staple of, like, England, it's very hard to just remove her from, like, everything. Or, like, to remove the royal family in general. Because it's just a big part of who they are as a country. Like mm-hmm. when you take like Japan, for instance, they got rid of their emperor. Like what was it? It was after World War II, right? When they got well, rid no, of Well, no, that's not true. They still have an emperor. Well, they have an emperor, but it's not like an acting emperor, correct? Well, it's not. A, it's definitely it's not, not the like, Empire of Japan, right? It's not the Empire of Japan, but they still have an emperor. And well, Hirohito... is, it like, is it like the queen, right? Like, is it that kind of emperor? I think so. It's like. Yeah, so like it's. it's it's viewed but they don't see everyone sees japan as still like a very progressive nation because of everything else they've brought since england is the queen is still the royal family and has doesn't have that kind of stuff after it like japan has all this other new modern technology and all this that's coming out of there and then england is still just england mm-hmm. well that's my thought Liz. Well, I think we're like clouding sea bass right here, oh, right now. Oh yeah, yeah, we have been cutting them. Yo, yeah. So, what's up? <laughs> just give us your like general thing because like, um, well, yeah. I think when you look at it, yeah, I think removing the monarchy is, isn't it's not necessary. You know, it's it's not necessary, and you know, as Will said, it is. You know, you're just removing a piece of history. You know, I think even though there are some parts of history that people might not agree with, or some people think you could just throw away, I think you also need to still, there's still a level of respect you need to have for it. You know, there are things you can just often um, go back and, you know, look back on, but at the same time, you also have the ability to move forward. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing as well, you know, because at this point, I don't think the queen or, you know, the or the position itself has much political power or influence at this point. It's more or less just a ceremonial title or, you know, the queen at this point is more or less just a figurehead. So I don't, you know, personally There's see no a reason to get rid of it. it. Yeah, no essentially. Of it. The queen doesn't have any political power 
other than like a few really old rules that really have nothing to do with it. Like there's one that if you, uh, that all the swans in England are the queen's property. And if you hurt one of them, you can get like, you have the corporal punishment beheaded. or whatever. Yeah. You Wait, get like beheaded. beheaded? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like yeah. beheaded. And the queen gives the, she gives like the ultimate say whether they can do it or not. And they left it in because it's a huge joke, but that's like the only thing she has left. Like she doesn't have any political power. She's there as a, as a showpiece. Well, yeah. a figurehead, as you said. Aren't there like two things? Like, first of all, is like first is the audience. It's called like the audience with the PM. But like, are you talking about when it's she like weekly meetings with the PM? Oh, I. Yeah, she still has those. She still gets yeah. briefings like, on it's... national matters, and she still she gives opening speeches before sessions of parliament begin. Yeah, but and, it's not like she's having much effect on those, though. No. And she also, gives the opening speeches because that's tradition, and yeah. Parliament is for the speech to give an, for the Queen to give an opening speech each time. And also a royal assent, right? That's like uh, when the bill is passed or a bill is going to be passed, and it's like at the final stage. That's royal assent. That's basically like like a presidential signature, right? Yeah, but the Queen gives them on whatever passes in there. I think. Okay. I don't. I don't know how much of how many things she's personally denying. Honestly, like, I watch the Crown, and the Crown is really not that reliable. It just gives you like this broad idea of it. And um, thinking about it, there's no really, yeah, there's no political power, and basically all those audiences are basically the PM having like. The 80 percent of the conversation is from the PM, and uh, like in the Crown, like in the first season, when like King George VI died and Queen Elizabeth had to like after her coronation and all that, she's only like she was only like twenty five, and she was not ill educated. She was educated by like oh, with the Constitution and all that with a private tutor. And, uh, but she didn't really knew, know what was going on in the world. She had no clue. Basically, yeah. Uh, she doesn't really do anything. But I stand by my statement as this, it's like, what's a good analogy? Uh, I think it's something that is so accustomed to British culture. It's like, I don't know, it's like an old friend going away, like moving away, sort of. And it's like you feel very reluctant. You just hate the idea. And I assume a lot of British people have this feeling when if the queen, the monarchy is abolished, it's some sort of like, huh, this is, very weird it's something i've been accustomed to and uh i feel like i don't want this to go away and uh i don't know the idea of a monarchy sounds cool and well let me rephrase that so i don't get canceled <laughs> yeah i was about to say <laughs> that's a risky risky side to uh, take there. i guess <sighs> me personally i like history and I like, right now I'm reading a lot about European history. It's kind of cool. Like monarchies and all that. It's like all those like fancy they stuff. They did do a lot of cool things, though they were also putting a lot of people in slavery. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the I really like them. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, like a love education, educationally, it's like, a, it's like, like he I, did some cool things, but like, what was that though? Like, why oh, it's like, mm. <laughs> it's um, like, like heart of darkness, like all those, all that stuff in there. It's like, mm. but mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I think that right now, like. It's it's a lot of work for nothing. I think that's that's what it is. Is abolishing the market is just a lot of work for nothing. Because then once you take out the you, if you take it down to the queen, you have to distribute all the wealth that she has, and you have to take down the rest of the family, and have to take down all their titles. 
And then you have to change the national anthem and bring a whole new one because the whole national anthem is about saving the queen. And that would be in really bad taste about taking out the queen. But yeah, just, why is there national anthem about the queen? I just God don't save the queen? Yeah. It's about God. It's God save the queen. It, it's been the national. It's the national. It's not like our national anthem that's like relatively new because we're only we're a new country. That's been like their national anthem for like God knows how long. And it's been updated, of course, probably like it's been changed slightly, but God Save the Queen is kind of a staple. I don't know why it's been it, but I presume because the Queen is usually in maybe in some sort of peril. I don't know. Just she gets in trouble a lot. I don't know. She's she's like a 94 year old lady, so I don't know what she needs saving from. But <laughs> every time we say God Save the Queen, she lives like another 10 years. That's what oh, I God. Oh, that's a lot of people saying it. That's a lot of people. Oh, that's saying a lot. It. <laughs> that's but at the beginning immortal. of every soccer match. Is God save the queen? <laughs> oh no, that's she's a immortal. Uh, she's literally gonna be immortal. It was every ten years someone says it. They say it like six times in the song. Well, like, hold on. Like, there's a lot of bangers. Like that could supplement God <laughs> save the queen, and I know some, and there's I listen to some. There's a lot of there's a lot of like yo, this is like this is like top of the charts. When you like patriotic British songs, top of the charts, one number one or two, but like one I really like, and I listen to them. Uh, I do, I don't hear uh, I didn't hear a lot of Jerusalem uh, Jerusalem a lot, and I just don't wait. I don't. Why do they call that Jerusalem? If it's like right. nothing about Britain. Oh, the like the Jerusalem, song. the song? Yeah. I presume it has something to do with the Crusades. Something like uh, that. Oh, I that, that's crazy. Take them at the Holy Land, all that. Pretty old. Like, that's, oh, yeah. It, it'd be, that's my only presumption as to why it was, it was Jerusalem, because that's the only connection that England really has to that area of the world, is taking back the holy land back when the crusades were still kicking okay and i guess the other two are like rural britannia but that's too mm-hmm. militaristic that's too controversial like i several years ago like i watched a good morning britain video about this right uh it was while piers morgan was on and personally i don't really like piers but it was basically about oh is rural britannia racist and It's a controversial song. Yeah. And I get, it's like, the argument is that it was, it was made during a time of colonialism. A lot but, of things were made during a time of colonialism. That's yeah, that's what I'm that. saying. It's like. That's, you can make that argument for anything that was made during the time of colonialism. Yeah. It's like, is there anything in the song that sh- directly is controversial? I'd have to look at the lyrics to it's find like, something legitimate. But if it's just, if their only argument is that it's from that time, that's not, that's not enough. Point. Like, FDR is racist, then. Oh. <laughs> FDR is racist. You know it. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> racist. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, uh, it's, it's, you can make that argument with anybody that was around during the colonialism era. It's, it's, a, it's actually a, a quite, popular thing i've heard that brought up with more than just like that song like i've heard it with a couple other songs a couple other things like ideals that we've been built on that make it seem like they're racist but they're only if their only argument is that then i wouldn't say it is yeah but hey i mean not really my call (laughs) that's uh, i remember that video had like nigel uh what's his last name that guy Anti Brexit, anti European guy. Oh, no. Nig- what was his last Nigel name? Nigel Farage? I think so. Garage? Yeah. Well, personally, <laughs> I don't really like Brexit. I think it's a well, terrible idea. It, I think the execution of it was poor. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't really understand why they did it, but they did it. So, national sovereignty, man. It's a popular I, thing now. Uh, I guess so. I mean, well, I. I don't see how much of that that really outweighs everything that you were getting from the EU, but well, that's a topic of another time. But oh yeah, that's a Brexit is a whole different topic. Uh, there's another one. Oh, I love this one. I vow to thee, my country, but it's kind of long and slow. Yeah, you gotta 
you can't for national anthems you have to pick something short because they play it in front of every sports match and if you wait too long the guys fall asleep yeah and then they're not excited to actually start the game that's why god save the queen is just solid because you can hear a whole bunch of british people shouting it and it sounds just fine yes we love our queen so much god save the queen sound like that usually that's what they usually sound like like, it should be super weird for you the monarch to have a national anthem all about yourself their entire country is built on themselves i think that they're kind of accustomed to thinking (laughs) about themselves they're all narcissists (laughs) i mean that's the excuse we'll use to take down the monarchy they're all narcissists that that's our only t- that's our only fight against them. They're narcissists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but like the thing that's shocking, I guess it's like all those are they're insulting the monarchy at a time when a guy died. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a choice time, really. I it's a very disturbing thing to see, in my opinion, to see posts that say like, "Thank God he finally like kicked the bucket" when it's a picture of Prince Philip's funeral. It's yeah. just, it's yeah. in very bad taste. And it's quite disturbing to see people that are that adamant about a guy passing away, a guy that was like a staple of British history, went yeah. around for 99 years and did a lot in those 99 years. They actually, I forgot how many titles it was, but they read out all of his titles that he had. And it was a long, long list. And they were all things that were, like, beneficial to, like, the country and all that. And yeah. a lot of them were military titles, of course, because he was very big in the military. But there, there was a lot, a very long list of titles that definitely showed that he was, like, he was a good guy. Like, but people view him as the monarchy and down with the monarchy and all that. So, yeah. And um, what was it? Yeah, he won, like, a, he was a naval officer. He wanted a Korean in the Navy, I think, but then, uh, what was it? It's just like a long, long, long thing. Like King Edward was like, "Yo, I'm gonna marry this yo American woman. Like, I'm gonna screw over the like the entire monarchy and abdicate." And then, well, actually, no, that's a great, great decision because God, I hate that guy, Edward. <laughs> Dude, he's yeah. a Nazi sympathizer. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. He's. There's a there's a couple of the royal family oh. that aren't good eggs, but oh, I mean it's the same Edward Benny the, family. The Edward the seventh or something. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not the uh, not the best guy, but a uh, yeah, like the crown just made everyone hate him. Well, yeah, because no one really yeah. realized no one no one remembers him that much in history. When you go back and you look at it, you kind of skip over him because of uh, he wasn't the best of guys. So yeah, he's like. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I I hate that guy. But but then again, he abdicated. Then George was like, "Ah, oh, shit! Now I have to do shit. I have to do monarchy things." Well, it's not that like he was like, "Oh, damn it!" He was like, "Oh shit!" He was like thinking about it and like, "Oh my god!" The enormous like responsibility, especially during a time of war. If you watch the King speech, that's a great movie. Mm. I love the movie. Uh. Yeah, but then I don't know. It just feels weird. Like I don't know why I feel weird, but it's it's like it's just like I don't want to say radical, but a very new thing about abolishing the monarchy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like envisioning the future of the UK because the UK is already down, kind of in the gutter uh, with Brexit. With COVID and with hate, no, with hate between Scotland and England. I heard like a couple of years ago, Scotland held this referendum vote about uh, leaving the UK. And that's really like, I guess, sad in a way because the power of the UK would be diminished significantly. Now, England is just, like, part of an island. It's not even an island. It's part of an island. Part of an island. Yeah. So is Scotland. They're both just kind of there. And uh, that vote, I I mean, if you were to split off the UK, like, I don't know why 
like I, I don't see the benefit to doing it like i guess you get your independence from the uk if you really wanted it but you'd be tanking in a lot of money like you'd be you'd be using a lot of money to split it up and then you'd be losing a lot of money because of just how much like how much tourism the uk brings in and how much like part of that money goes to them so i don't i don't really see the benefit of it but i guess it, it's like a dopamine effect that is like yeah like rebellion it's cool because history like england conquered over this over scotland and now we have a chance to break away and like yeah scotland woo but like don't afterwards after. afterwards like a week afterwards like oh damn like don't get me wrong like the the british empire wasn't the best like they they weren't the best at but the, you know slavery and all that kind of stuff and colonization but nowadays like breaking out of the united like breaking out of the uk like why would you like it's what what other benefits does scotland bring to the table that they can affect things you know yeah it's like a very small nation both of them it's like mm-hmm. you really and don't have a lot out, of I stuff mean, england wouldn't be as hurt as scotland would be yeah. scotland would be hurt a lot more than england would be because england i mean even i mean even if you lost the monarchy england still is a strong nation and has a lot still a lot of rich history there that you can still do but scotland is a just kind of very open plains and a couple of cities mm-hmm. and like sure there's some beautiful sites there but uh, history wise it's better to go to england if you want to see that kind of stuff yeah so especially... they should be getting most of the tourism yeah and if we did abolish the monarchy all those things would be public property right most likely, yeah, they'd be as public as a park. Unless it's a museum, then it'd be yeah, still museum. like a, it, like all the all of her like all the queen's jewels and all that kind of stuff would be put into museums, and then that would all be put up on display. And I guess like the rest of the royal family would be like, you didn't oh they need to find a job. It's like oh damn, I have to do no. Work they'd just now. be a rich family at that point. It's become <laughs> like, the Wormies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see them at like a 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my, oh my god, god, it's the queen, guys. Oh wait. <laughs> wait, Prince uh, Prince William? It's like, oh whoa. It's like, no, You're getting a corn dog from 7-Eleven at like 3.30? Jeez. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I miss those chefs. The 20 yeah. chefs. Yeah, 20 chefs and 30 servants. The whole oh. restaurant. You could just yeah. rent out. Yeah. They just become a rich family at that point. And they'd be yeah. the richest family in England, but. Yeah. Richest? No. Wait, no. Mm. On God, no. Really? I thought they're. I mean, they have a lot of, they have a lot of like gold, essentially, that is their personal property. It's like the, mm. uh, what's that? What's that? The U.S. gold storage. What's that place? Fort Knox that has all the U.S.'s yeah. gold that nobody uses. It's like if the president, kind of just was like yeah that's mine now and then they own the gold i'm pretty sure they own a good chunk of their gold because it's like the monarchy's Mm -hmm. gold or whatever and the like the e the uk doesn't need it so i'm pretty sure it's their own property yeah because of fight currency and all that yeah (laughs) yeah all that good stuff i doubt we'll see the monarchy go down anytime soon though at the end of 2020, there was a survey that was published. At least 21% of people want an elected head of state, but most people don't really see a need to abolish it. So we'll probably it's probably going to be there for. What well, that's just the thing is that like they have the prime minister already, which I'm correct me if I'm wrong. They have elections for the prime minister, right? Well, yeah. No. Yeah. Wait, the so? people don't vote for the PM. It's basically Congress. It's basically yeah. It's like leader. a Congress thing. It's electoral college, but in England. Well, yeah. yeah the, but the people don't vote. Well, technically, theoretically, yes, they vote for their the MP, in... and the MP vote for the yeah. PM. It's kind of weird. It's like a it's a it's a double vote kind of thing. Yeah, but that's not a direct vote. But but neither yeah, is well, the electoral people, college. Yeah, yeah, the Amer- America doesn't have a direct vote either. We don't directly choose who's in office, which would be a very bad decision if it was, because leaving things up to the American people is a bad choice. We're, yeah. we're kind of idiots. <laughs> oh, yes. We had this discussion last week. 
we kind of said no, 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 like me, Sebastian, and I, we're like, uh, like our country's become becoming more democratic in the way that all power to the people. And we just said, hmm, that's pretty a pretty bad idea because like bad idea lowering the voting age, kind of bad idea. Well, I mean, that was Lowering the voting age wasn't an awful idea, but it was a bold move. Um, I, I do like it at 18. If they lower it anymore, I'd be very concerned. Um, 11 year olds vote. Three year olds can vote. <laughs> listen, listen, all right. Gen Z has yeah. a horrible sense of humor, so I couldn't imagine people. <laughs> now that, the age that of 18 so that correlates like with their voting power, <laughs> voting ability. Okay. But um, we're, oh. we, um, as a nation, are uh, kind of losing our grip on reality, I think, a lot. And we're just kind of doing whatever. Um, and that's why I think we still need somewhat of a power in government as to cho- choose who's leading this country. Because if it was just us, I think that we would choose like Elon Musk or Dwayne The Rock Johnson and just throw him in there and see what happens. So in a, so in a way, that, kind, that type of thinking influences your view on the monarchy. Like yeah. you are more of a... You're not totally an elitist. But... Oh, no, no, no. I still believe that the government, I don't want the government controlling every move of my life. That's insane. But I do yeah. have, I have, I've been grown up with the idea that, you know, monarchy is cool. And of yeah. course, in recent years, I've learned like the monarchy in the past was definitely not cool. Very yeah. racist, you know, not very mm-hmm. cash money. I'm not going to lie. Instead, they, you know, mm-hmm. killed a whole bunch of people. It was not very cool, but. It's, there's no yeah, point sorry. in breaking them up, though. There's no point in breaking it up. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the like some of the anti-abolition people are like Tories. They're like the there's some some of which I assume there are like a far right the uh, people who are like, yo, the British Empire was kind of cool. We need it back, but it's like oh, like the far right in American sense, like the a American far right and not like in. An American sense, but apply to Britain. Yes. Yeah. The, there are people that view that the British Empire should come back. It's a small group of people. Wait, how, wait, of how, how many? Rid- like, how many? Because they're kind of stupid, to, in a way. <laughs> okay. Well, here's my view on this. Anybody that's far either side is stupid. There is yeah. no yeah. need to be radical on either side, because radicalism is not a good idea. Because you're pushing the envelope too far. That's my general gist of it. The uh, people that believe that we should bring back the British Empire clearly don't understand how the British Empire first existed. Because yeah. the British Empire showed up and just had like slight vaster technology than the places that they were entering. And mm-hmm. just kind of blew them up. And then was like, this is ours now. And yeah, then they're they, like, yeah, okay. All right. That's that's- high... That's like respectable, I guess. <laughs> they were like, all right, sure, okay. Um, and that's how that happened. You can't do that now because, like, the UN would, like... There are international laws. Yeah, there are international laws. Which China's laws. not following, but... <laughs> hey, we're not going to talk about China, okay? <laughs> that's a China's different doing one. its own thing right now, and we're not very happy about it, but they're doing their own thing. <laughs> we're going to talk about that later because I could that's, go that's on. That's a different topic. That, I, I could think. go on about, about that, but, yeah... yeah. yeah. In a sense, those people are like, what, what, do you have a brain, sir? Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> well, listen, all right, they just Gentlemen. want a higher KD ratio. I don't understand. Be- <laughs> <laughs> they just want a higher KD ratio, all right? The British Empire has been solidly at a, like, whatever number to zero. Like, people like, Yo, they just need to be higher. It's impossible to conquer India impossible like oh yeah reconquering australia like they're just impossible things to try and do well canada and australia are are like uh what's the term their queen is their queen but it's like they have independence but what's the word it's like uh brother nation something about it's like is it a commonwealth nation It, it used to be i don't think it's they, they don't really regard the queen as the queen as last time i remember i don't think like at least australia i don't think they really regard the, the queen as the queen like having any sort of authority but they kind of recognize them in, in the, the past way. 
like they they regard it as like the history like they used to be like it's like america looking back and then being like yeah this is the queen except for that we have a whole different idea but like really? we have a whole different ideals now but i guess i see i see the queen just going up to pm trudeau is like hey what's up oh yeah Doesn't... they're pretty buddy buddies still yeah buddies Ooh. but hey, it's, remember it's... oh sorry you go yeah, like remember that time when i conquered you yeah that was those <laughs> yeah, are good times how's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> those were good times <laughs> good times yeah, uh, it's uh, it's like you can't do it again. Like it, the UN would freak out, and especially if they tried to do it with Canada, like the United States would freak out and then like start pressing that big red button and really close to that button to start setting off stuff. It's I, I don't it's, think we would press the button, but we would be show concern. Like hmm. we be if, if it was Canada, we'd get really concerned because then that's the border, and yeah, then we'd have problems there. And we'd have to start moving troops up there and it'd be a whole big thing. And then if it starts to get too powerful, then we get close to that big red button. And then Russia starts to get concerned because they're going to get close to their button. And then suddenly we're back in the Cold War. We're already in the Cold War. That's, again, another thing. But Again, another topic. But Cold War V2, I guess, we'll throw it as that. <laughs> because, like, hmm, uh, what is it? Forget about international laws. It's impossible to conquer India because of, okay, if we did, how can you maintain 1.2 billion people? They can barely do it themselves. Who are like, because back then the British Empire was like 400 million, but now Mm -hmm. it would be like one fourth fourth or one fourth of the world population. Mm -hmm. Seven seven billion is the world population, right? That's like seven billion. One seventh. Once like that's so many people that you'd have to manage and it'd just be impossible especially because you'd have like even if i guess we could even just take out the un like that'd still be impossible it's like um and also china's near india it's like "Mm, oh yeah china be mm, freaking out yeah because like recently britain was like yo hong kongers come to us you know well yeah because because hong kong used to be controlled by england and then they gave it up but yeah. then that left Hong Kong to just kind of be Hong Kong. But that's a, another topic. We're finding plenty of topics for your future podcast. They're all about. interconnected. Yeah. Hong Kong's a good one. That's a very good topic to talk about because that's a very controversial one is where Hong Kong stands. It's more like, yeah. how should we react? Uh, again, that's connected to China and China's like, exactly. Oh China's gosh. a whole nother thing. Uh, it's, it's really kind of sad. It's like Europe their power is kind of it's not there and the america is like has this entire weight on their shoulders it's like uh it's like oh do we have to carry you like that's the thing america is like in it's in a very dark place um politically socially and all that and europe is like we need you guys but america's like we're no like no europeans know that america is getting weaker the problem with America is that when we rebelled against the British Empire, we then basically put out this thing saying, we're here to help all of you do the same. And since then, we've had this mentality that we need to help people, that we need to help people all the time. And that's what's causing this nation to get weaker, is that we're throwing our, we're sacrificing our own blood for others, which is admirable, yes, but at some point you need to bandage your own wounds. Yeah, you can't I, constantly be stabbing yourself and then expect to live. I think the big contributing factor to that specific topic in which the US is responsible for helping all these other nations, I think one of the big issues here was after World War II as well, you know, to stop the spread of communism from the Soviets. Yep. So, you know, at this time, you know, the economy was booming, there weren't really any problems. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we made a bunch of these commitments. So that's, it's a, it's a big problem. And I don't know if this is still the case today, but I know that there's an issue with a lot of um, NATO members or just in general, a lot of countries aren't, you know, um, contributing as much of their GDP in terms of military spending for their own protection. And they're just still relying on the U.S. to do that for them. So that's the issue is that back then we signed all these things 
offering to help, but we only, we signed them because we were in the best possible place to sign them. Like yeah. we were able to sign them. Now we're starting to realize that since we signed them, we didn't really think about the future and we can't get out of them now. So we kind of have to deal with the problems that we set for ourselves. We dug ourselves a hole. Yeah. And it also just doesn't help with relations as well between other countries mm-hmm. because, you know, if they, if they don't feel like we're going to keep our commitments, they might just start also moving toward more towards our adversaries because they're not strong enough to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing about China is that I think they're going to start to do the same thing where they're going to start offering protection to other smaller nations. And then they'll be doing, we'll be basically doing the same thing again, but with China instead of Russia, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I bring this up because my general view of Europe, I think we need, a, I need, we need a more united Europe in the sense that they're very connected and they're connected with us. And in order to achieve that, I think there, there's an, a very important role for the monarchy in the sense that, well, first they need to first modernize. They always need to modernize because their rules are kind of stupid. They're really. always going to need to modernize. It's such an old country that they just need to adapt to a lot faster than what they're doing. Yeah, like in the sense that like because China's its influence is growing every day and it's shocking that no one is looking at this very like carefully. And since there's a huge possibility, especially like a New York uh, I heard from a New York Times article, this YouTube video from this like news organization, I forgot like this international news organization organization that European countries are deviating from America. And they're going through countries like China, with China basically this authoritarian state. And I think this all we, we, we like America has this sort of like um, role. It needs to take care of itself. Like it really needs to get its shit together. But also, uh, there's an important role for the monarchy, monarchy to play in this. Is that they need, the monarchy needs to realize that because China is this authoritarian nation and um, basically imprisoning people, re-educating them, uh, that they ne- their country needs to connect with America and other European nations. And the monarchy could, because it has a lot of influence over people, they could improve relations in a way. Like, I don't know. It's just, they could work with Americans or do whatever, but they have a huge responsibility because they're kind of beloved in a way. They're loved by a lot of people, despite like some backlash. Well, a lot of people are influenced by them. And um, yeah, they just have a role to play in not direct political, they don't really have direct political power, but they have power in the way that they can influence people's decisions. Not really, like they, they can inspire people. It's like when King George VI, after his brother's abdication, the country was at war with Nazi Germany. And in addition to Churchill's like speeches and his like inspiration, uh, it's all. It's also in the King's speech, uh, the movie. He gave his own speech that inspired people to keep on fighting, and the reason why that's significant is because he did was he was like this fearful, quiet guy who stuttered a lot, and that is that really um, like a lot of people knew that, and they basically said. This guy is weak. He's a stutter. He can't even speak in public. So he's not strong, uh, strong enough to lead us in a war, but he did. He overcame that. And uh, he basically inspired a nation. And that kind of, that's the reason why I don't like the monarchy being abolished. It's this symbol. It's like this big symbol that could inspire the, a nation of like millions, tens of millions of people very greatly, very influentially. And that's, yeah, that's why I bring this up, especially in today's time, because it's very sensitive internationally. 
I think the abolishing the monarchy because of that is just a very dumb idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you said it. Screw so. you progressives. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Screw now we're just you. calling out a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, please. Suddenly this turns into Sam's hit list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think you guys have similar sentiments. Yeah, I mean, just to leave it off, I think that abolishing the monarchy is a way too big of a jump just to make. If you really feel the need to reduce their power, I don't know how much more you can reduce it. Um, they're not doing much as it is. So abolishing it is just a waste of money and a waste of time. Yeah, wait, uh, I just want to add, I'm a Democrat, so please don't cancel me. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> please, please don't <laughs> please, cancel me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think when you look at, like, unless you have a way that, unless you have an effective way to replace all of that, you know, a way to replace all of that money you would be losing from the tourism, you know, just strictly from a matter of interest per se, I don't think that's a good idea. So just keep it. Because, like Will said, they don't have a lot of power now as it is. And, you know, you're going to be hurting their economy quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to end it off here, but I want this conversation to go a little bit further because there's not a lot of uh, opposers here. So um, anyone listening, anyone who has an opposing view can email us, text us or whatever. I think we will pull, we have social media accounts and all that emails or whatever. But I want to thank you, Will, for coming on. This is a good segment. I think compared to other one, the other ones, it's, it was too systematic, too structure, uh, too much structure, and no more, too, uh, not a lot of like free flowing dialogue. Uh, contrary to the idea that we were talking about today, you yeah. need to abolish the system. <laughs> <laughs> abolish the structure. Abolish it. Abolish all of it. Take it all down. <laughs> Questions and answers? No. Get no, none zero yes but a little more personal uh, personality that's always good but and jokes there's not a lot of jokes uh yeah i try i try to bring a little bit of life yeah. here yeah uh we thank you for that we're grateful thank you thank and you for having for coming on it was yeah. a pleasure as always so this is hail to the pod this is me sam chang sebastian rosard and will rosen and we'll see you later <laughs>